are targeting vertical software companies that want to embed and monetize payments within their platform. We're providing the, the technology experience. We're providing them the monetization opportunity where these software companies are able to start generating revenue. Welcome back to another episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. Today's guest is a founder who is in the face of almost every business out there with what he does. And so I'm excited to have him on. Caleb, tell us who you are and who do you serve with your business? Yeah, so I'm I'm Caleb Avery. I'm the, the founder and CEO here at Tilled. And for us, you know, we are targeting vertical software companies that want to embed and monetize payments within their platform. And, and to your point, it's really the ability to service almost every business you know out there. When you think about almost every single vertical that you can think of, there is a vertical software servicing you know that space. And I think more recently, these companies are trying to figure out how to add payments and how to monetize the payments flowing through their platform. And that's really where Tilt comes into the equation. I love it. I love it. So, so a lot of people don't even think about this step of the journey, but you have to think about how you're processing payments, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's a must-have. You, you can't sell anything without a payment processor. So what makes you different? What What is it, other than just having a payment <clears throat> processor? I mean, are you a gateway? Are you a, like, what level do you get in the in the works of people's transactions? Yeah, so I think that the way that I, I think about Tilt and this, this idea of Payfax as a service is really trying to solve problems for, you know, the software companies that we're working with. And, you know, my background, I, I started in the payment space, you know, over a decade ago. And, and over time, as I scaled up my first company, I was brought in on these consulting engagements for software companies that were typically stuck on a Stripe or a Braintree, uh, trying to figure totally. out how to generate revenue from those payments. And so we're providing the, the technology experience as though you're working with a partner like a Stripe or a Braintree, but then we're providing them the monetization opportunity where these software companies are able to start generating revenue that typically was reserved for these these legacy technology solutions. And so typically these software companies were having to essentially choose between, you know, what's the lesser of two evils? Do I want technology or do I want to make right. money, you know, on processing <laughs> right. my payments? And right. so we're coming to the table with a gateway, we're providing the, all of the back office services to help them underwrite cool. merchants, to provide support, to manage, uh, you know, chargebacks, and then ultimately, you know, paying commissions to, to the software companies that we partner with. So it's really, you know, turnkey white label solution that provides everything they need to embed and monetize payments. Awesome. So you are a gateway plus, you're like a gateway plus a bunch of other backend services to help you monitor what's going on with the transactions. Exactly. Yeah. I think for, for us, you know, that, that terminology payfac as a service, I, I think a lot of folks aren't necessarily familiar with, you know, the, the payfac model, a lot of the, the nomenclature gateway, ISO, ISV, there, there's a lot right. of terminology in the space, but yes, the, the kind of gateway plus all of the other things that, that you need to, to run your business is what we're trying to bring to the table. See, that makes sense. That makes sense to me. Uh, but payfac I'm like, okay, what what are we talking about here? What does that mean? Yeah, so first off, payfac is short for payment facilitation. <laughs> so for, God, first off, kind of start sense. with the start with the jargon, start with the acronym. And I think for for a lot of folks, you know, they're familiar with companies like Stripe, Square, Braintree, right. you know, PayPal, and those are really the the most notable examples uh, of of payfacs or, or payment facilitators. But traditionally. Gotcha the payfac model was really unavailable 
to the average software company because it used to take two years and millions of dollars to go become a payfac. And so your average, Crazy. you know, dental software platform or golf course management platform is not right. going to spend two years and millions of dollars, right. you know, to go become a payfac. And I think the the secret sauce behind Till and why we've been so, so successful in the market is that we are allowing vertical software companies to leverage the benefits of the payfac model but get right. live in one to two weeks on our platform. And so, you know, think about that idea of kind of two year multi-million dollar process versus, you know, a couple right. of weeks, no upfront costs. That, that's why these companies are so excited about partnering with us. But you're not the bank. You're not the merchant provider. You are the facilitator of the transaction. Correct. And so, you know, the, the software companies that are signing up with Tilled, they're able to get one contract and one relationship with us so that they don't have to go sign, you know, contracts with the acquirers. They don't have to go negotiate uh, cool. an agreement with a bank. They get it all, they get it all through Tilled. Oh, cool. So you, so you do set up at least one merchant bank account for them to process their payments. Uh, yeah. So de depending on the, the model, whether they're operating under kind of a, a true merchant or a sub merchant, uh, model, gotcha. we're either creating kind of a single, you know, merchant account for, you know, the, the software company kind of operating in like a merchant record uh, model, gotcha. or each time, you know, the, the accounts are being boarded, we're creating, you know, an individual merchant account, you know, for each of the customers coming out of the platform, but we're facilitating all of that on the, cool. the back end, depending on which model is required based on, you know, the individual deal. And so we abstract away all of that complexity for cool. you know the companies that that partner with us, they don't need to understand you know how the sausage right. is made you know behind the scenes. They just get you know the the kind of trust instant me. boarding experience. Here's a webhook. Uh, you're off to the races. Now, trust me, I get it. I I, I spent uh, a good twelve years doing merchant processing runaround with tons of different banks for tons of different online offers that we we're running, and uh, it is a freaking crazy industry. And so for you to come in and provide a one-stop solution for, for most businesses out there doing any kind of online transactions as an alternative to a Stripe and a Square or a PayPal, this is awesome. This is great news. Why is this such great news? For those that don't know why this is such great news. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, what, what's exciting when you look at kind of the, the macro trends that are happening in the, in the payments category in general, you know, traditionally payment distribution happened where the, the merchants went direct to their bank or they talked to a door to door sales agent like myself right. who, who came in to, to sell them, you know, credit card processing. But right now that, that payments distribution model is changing where, uh, more and more, you have the the rise of these vertically focused software, you know, solutions that focus on. I mean, we we have ones that do like trash delivery <laughs> service. There's there's a vertical software company for for trash delivery, propane delivery, wow. music studio software. I mean, you you name it. Right. You know, there's right. a there's a software for that. And I think these these merchants want an all in one solution that really understands 100%. their business. They don't want just yeah. a general, you know, hey, th this guy provides merchant accounts for every industry on the planet. Like they want something that solves the pain points for their business. But traditionally, those companies had a hard time embedding and monetizing right. payments. And we've kind of opened up uh, you know, that opportunity for these companies to, to be able Love to, it. to really take advantage of, of that without having to, you know, spend a significant amount of engineering, uh, you know, bandwidth to, right. to do that. Right. Very cool. I get it. I get it. For those listening, if you still don't get it, 
You're going to have to rewatch it. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> no, th- this really is a huge play. This is really important for anyone that sells anything that does any kind of transaction online because it is so easy to just run to a Stripe. But if you understood the numbers of what you're losing by going to a Stripe as opposed to going to a solution like Tilled, you will desperately want to connect with Tilled and figure out how they can help you move your online transactions to someone like them. Am I wrong? No, I mean, to, to put it in perspective, you know, for a lot of our customers, you know, they're talking about anywhere from, from half a percent to 1%, uh, right. you know, in margin right. on every single dollar processed through your platform. It's and crazy. so, you know, if you're sitting there listening at home and saying, hey, well, we've got 100 million, 200 million, 500 million, you know, flowing through our platform and, you know, we're not making any money or we're not making anywhere near, you know, that type of margin right. uh, on payments. Chances are you're, you're leaving money, you know, on the table. And I think for, for me, you know, Lots. whatever, over the last seven years, having helped, you know, well over a hundred, you know, software companies think through, uh, you know, these sorts of solutions, you'd be surprised that companies big and small uh, that don't realize, yeah. you know, how much money, you know, they're leaving on the table. And so, you know, if you haven't thought about it, you're not alone, half a percent. Um, but it's, it's a I lot mean, of half money. Half a percent to 1%. That is ridiculous amount of money that you're leaving on the table. It's ridiculous. Do the math, you know, hundred million a year. That's a million bucks you're leaving on the table that you could be taking if you used a better platform as opposed to the simple platform. Right. You're, you're right. And I think right. the the kind of typical, you know, logic for, Hey, here's why we can't, you know, do this is, is engineering time. Oh, the, the roadmap, you know, is totally. crowded. And for, for us, you know, we've launched, I don't know, 19 or 20 software companies so far this year already. Uh, and the average integration time was nine days. And so we've kind of eliminated wow. the, the kind of technical, you know, pain. Uh, pain to, to go live uh, here. And so there's, there's almost no excuse, you know, for why Fantastic. you shouldn't monetize your payments. Fantastic. I love it. Okay, so now we understand your business. We know who you want to help. We know kind of what you do to help them. Talk to us about your business. Talk to us about your growth journey. I mean, you've been doing processing for for 10 plus years. This business, why did you start this particular one? And and tell us about the growth journey that you've had on on this this business. Yeah, so I I started in payments at 19, uh, co-founding my first company. Over time, scaled that up. And then about six or seven years ago, started consulting for, for software companies. And that was cool. really where I saw this, this opportunity uh, to, to go build out till just consistently seeing these companies facing the same problems over and over again. But it really wasn't until January of 2019 that I actually said, hey, I'm going to go start <laughs> another business. And, and that's right. what became till that's what became, uh, you know, Payfac as a service. And so between, right. you know, January of, of 2019, uh, and today we've raised about 34 million in, in outside capital. We've scaled up from nice. a solo founder to, you know, 50 plus people, uh, you know, nice. distributed around the, the country. You know, today Love we've it. got uh, over 80, uh, you know, software companies that, that we partner with. And it's been just this, this wild, uh, you know, journey. Uh, and I think, you know, outside looking in, it, it, it can look like, you know, this, this kind of overnight, uh, you know, success, but it's like, it's been, it's been a grueling, you know, almost four and a half years, you know, building out this business and, and slogging yeah. it out, but we're starting to see, you know, the, the results and, and see the, the wins, you know, coming in. And so it's, it's a lot of fun, but it's a lot of work. I just wanted to take a few seconds to tell you about a program that we have assembled 
with a lot of our podcast guests and a lot of people who are listening to the show who are feeling the same way that they do. There's a recurring theme. You'll hear a lot of these founders talk about, I couldn't have done it without my team. I couldn't have done it without a a support group of peers. I couldn't have done it without having someone to talk to that understood my feeling of isolation as an operator of my business. You see, you're not alone. It is hard running a business, and it's even harder when you know you can't express all your deepest concerns and frustrations with your executive team. It makes them nervous. It gets them scared. You don't want scared people on your executive team. So where do you turn? The Captain's Council is where you turn. The Captain's Council is an organization that we have put together with podcast guests, as well as people who are listening who are in the same boat. You see, peers are the only ones that can give you the type of empathy, the type of advice that only a founder or operator know and understand. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com. I know you're gonna love what you see there. We have put together an organizational structure that has small group settings, a global community of founders and operators, as well as monthly and quarterly in-person events. You're going to love what you see there. I can't wait for you to check it out and enjoy the rest of this episode. There's nothing like working really hard for four and a half years to get an overnight success. Of course. Of course. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, honestly, this is that's fascinating. So so talk to us about, about the strategy in your money raise, because a lot of people ask me, you know, how and when should I raise money? You know, I've got this great yeah. idea. I've I've kind of got some initial clients, some founder clients in there. How do I raise money? And you've you've had multiple raises. Talk to us yeah, about we, your journey and and raising. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, and I, I think you know there's there's been a lot of different experiences for me. You know, over the the four years, and for us, you know, I I knew that there were some pretty significant technology and regulatory challenges that that we needed to, right. to overcome to to make tilt. Right. Uh, you know, happen. And so we actually waited to raise outside capital for almost two years uh, from when I started the business. And so, you know, uh, kind of between myself uh, and and a couple of partners were funding, you know, the early days of the, the business for the first almost two years until right. I could get to that point where I felt like, you know, we had enough traction uh, to, to really, you know, go raise that outside capital. And I think that idea of traction can mean different things, you know, to different yeah. people. Like it doesn't yeah. have to just be revenue. It can be, hey, we've overcome these, you know, technical objections, these regulatory objections. We've got this MVP. We've done this, you know, customer validation and have this, you know, customer feedback. Right. But essentially we've de-risked the business enough where I feel like we can bring in outside capital on terms that would be attractive, uh, you know, for us. And so that was the point that we waited to raise that first outside capital was let's get the business to a place where, you know, I'm confident we can bring in money on terms that that makes sense, you know, for the business. And we've overcome (laughs) enough of the obstacles to, to make this happen. And then, you know, from that point on, as we started to get, you know, more traction, more customers, and we got in market, you know, with the product, we continue to raise, you know, additional rounds, you know, of venture capital as, as we hit, you know, sure. additional milestones uh, in the business. Cool. So you did go to venture capital. You didn't go to traditional banking or, or any kind of, well, what made you choose the VC route versus uh, any of the many other ways to raise money? 
Yeah, I, I think for me, you know, I knew that what we were building had the capacity to be, you know, a hyper growth business, you sure. know, over time. And I think, I agree you know, especially you. in 2020, 2021, like the venture capital, you know, firms were the ones looking for businesses that had the capacity to have this, this hyper growth, this hyper, right. you know, acceleration. And for, for me, you know, I felt like if we were truly successful in, in what we were doing, it, it would likely, uh, we would have the ability to deploy a lot of capital, you know, over time. And so aligning ourselves with, with folks that, uh, were, were interested and excited in kind of a, a, a hyper growth, you know, hyper profitable, uh, you know, business opportunity right. that, and finding partners that had the, the capacity to deploy, you know, a lot of capital into, yeah. you know, a business like this, that's really what, you know, we were cool. looking for. And a lot of the other kind of alternative solutions don't necessarily have the capacity to deploy, you know, the scale of capital uh, that, that we it. were, you know, looking for. Makes total sense. And and truly, I, I, I can see the trajectory that you're on. And I do feel like it's a pretty safe bet. I mean, merchant processing is something every business needs to deal with, every business needs to think about. And, and for those of you listening who have merchant processing in place, I'm telling you, as easy as Stripe and PayPal are, you will save so much money. It's almost like making money by getting better processing in place and better tools in place to give you potentially better feedback on what's happening with the transactions. It's awesome. It's a great business model. Way to go. Thank you. Yeah, we feel like there's a lot of tailwinds, <laughs> you know, working, yeah. working in our favor. That's for sure. Very cool. Very cool. So, so now... Now we kind of know about the growth journey. Tell us about some of the biggest challenges. What are what are some unexpected hiccups you've hit that that you're like, oh, geez, I did not see that coming. Oh, ch challenges. I mean, Todd, it's been up and to the right the the entire time. No no issues <laughs> right. whatsoever. Um, That's awesome. Good you know, for you, man. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely not. I think for for me, you know, I think about you know probably one of the bigger challenges that we've had that has really been creating and maintaining the the right culture in a in a high growth you know, organization where, you know, we've gone from, interesting. Uh, I don't know, about five to 50, you know, employees over the last, you know, two years. And so, you know, really yeah. getting that culture, you know, right in the beginning and then maintaining that has, has arguably been one of the, the bigger challenges. Uh, for, for And me. why has that been so important to you? Um, I, I think for, for me, uh, it was something that I cared about from day one. Uh, and when I looked at, um, you know, businesses around me that I knew of that, that had been successful. And, and frankly, those, you know, that, that hadn't, uh, one of the common things that, that I was kind of seeing across those other organizations was this, this idea of culture and you have, yeah. you know, yeah. employees feeling bought into the mission, the vision, the right. values, you know, of the, the organization. And, and ultimately I felt like, you know, having that right culture would be an enabler for scale and enabler of success uh, within the business. I, I, for, for what it were, what it's worth, I a hundred percent agree with you. There are too many people who are building businesses without a clear mission, vision values. And, and the fact that you brought that up as one of your big challenges is, is indicative of your success you've had so far. I, I truly feel like businesses that are focused on that will see a way forward, even around any other trials and challenges that come up, you're more unified around the mission and vision and goals of the company. Yeah, to totally agree. And I think for for me, when I look at, you know, 
what uh, what what has been the the biggest you know enabler uh, you know for us around that culture? It really has been being intentional about it. You know, if you think right. about we want to go make a, a change in sales. We want to go make a change in marketing and product. Like you're going to come up with a plan, <laughs> right? Uh, you're going to inspect, you know, how that plan is, is progressing. And then you're going to make changes, you know, as, as you go. And I think if you're not um, intentional about the culture, <clears throat> you know, that you're building, uh, you know, in your, your organization, it's never going to be a priority. It's never going to, Agreed. you know, improve and it's never going to be that, that enabler that it has the capacity, uh, you know, to be for, for your success. Well, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I, I am so proud of you for bringing that up because a lot of people just kind of run right past culture, run right past mission and you have a clear one. So, so tell us about, advice. I mean, other people listening are, are wondering, ah, crap, I don't, I don't have any of that set up. What kind of advice do you have to give them? What's the right time to come up with these things? Because it, to a lot of people, it sounds like fluff. To you and I, it's really important. But what, when do you think is the right time to get your team rounded up in a huddle and say, what do we stand for guys? What, what are we doing? Yeah. So one, it's, it's never too early. Uh, and so I, I think for, for me, um, one of the things that, that I, I firmly believe is that the culture starts with the, the founder or the founders, yeah. depending on, you know, the situation. And so, uh, while it is good to, to kind of go get input, you know, from the team, I think if you start, you know, early enough in the, in the journey, the reality is that the culture of the organization, right. you know, for me as a solo founder, it's, it's what I brought to the table. If you've got right. two, three founders, it's, it's the culture that you guys are bringing, you know, to the table. And as you're adding employees and bringing others, you know, into the organization, you have to set the tone for, you know, the right. culture that, that you want to build, you know, in the organization. And so I, I guess the advice is, you know, start today if you haven't already uh, and, and really Love think it. about what's the mission, what's the, the vision that you're striving for, and then what values are important to you, you know, as the, right. as the founders of the business, and then, you know, really do what you can to evangelize, uh, you know, all of that, you know, across the, the organization right. and still that, especially in the leadership team, you know, as you, as you build out the organization, because they then become, you know, that, that kind of next level uh, of evangelist for, for what you believe in. Totally agree. Totally agree. I love it. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, you know, Caleb, as you've been able to grow your business and, and experience the things you've done so far, I'm sure you'll agree that it oftentimes gets lonely. It's, it's kind of a, it's exciting at first. And then you're like, ah, crap. I got payroll every two weeks. I got these things happening every, you know, like you become the bearer of a lot of burden that maybe you didn't realize going into it that you'd have to carry. Is there somebody in your network and your circle that's kind of inspired you to keep going, motivates you to, it gives you some advice, maybe mentorship that you want to shout out today? Yeah, absolutely. I think for, for me, if I had to kind of pick, pick one person uh, today, the, the person that comes to mind for me is, is Drew Lyon. Uh, so, awesome. you know, Drew, I, I, I feel like, you know, arguably is the reason why Till, you know, exists <laughs> as a company, uh, you know, here today, awesome. he pushed me even before, you know, January of 2019, like he was the, the guy that was continually coming back to me and saying, what about that business idea? We've been, we've been talking about that for six months. Like why, why are you not taking the leap, you know, to, to go start that business? And so, uh, you know, he was really kind of, from before till even existed, you know, pushing me it. to to keep going and and has been, you know, an avid supporter ever since. Love it. Love it. That's a great shout out. 
Thank you, Drew, for, for pushing him and being that inspiration. Listen, Caleb, I appreciate your time so much today. How do people follow you? Are you available on social? Like, where do people learn about Tilled? Where, where do we send them? Yeah, so we're very active on LinkedIn uh, primarily. Awesome. So if you want to, you know, follow uh, my, my journey, just search for Caleb Avery uh, on LinkedIn. Certainly Tilled, the, the company is very active on LinkedIn as well. Uh, awesome. If you really want to dive deeper, uh, our website, Tilled.com. Uh, is a fantastic resources. We got a lot of content. We got blogs. We've got free eBooks. Uh, cool. If you want to hear hear more, you can just Google me on on YouTube uh, and uh, listen to some more podcast episodes. But I really appreciate you having me on the show today, and thanks for the opportunity to tell my story. Love it, love it. Thank you so much. Fascinating story of growth, and what a great business. If you're not set in your ways with your processing. You better check them out because I promise no matter what industry you're in, if you're transacting business online, you have got to really focus on this problem. So thanks so much for being here, Caleb. Appreciate you. Thanks, Todd. Hey, welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. Did you enjoy that episode? Did it provide any value to you? Post it in the comments below. I welcome comments. I love to read the comments. Please leave us some feedback on what you liked about the show, what you didn't. Do you have questions? reach out and let us know what we can do to provide more value on a future episode. We're so glad you're here. This podcast is designed for those that are building and growing their businesses. And we hope you're finding the value that you need out of here. If there's somebody or something you want to hear about, let me know. Comment, DM, let us know what's going on so we can provide you the value you're looking for, for the show. And so that you can grow your business in a better, more effective way being more profitable and providing the value that your clients expect on the other side of the transaction. So glad you're here. Like, share, subscribe, and we will see you on the next episode of the Growth and Scaling Podcast. Thanks again.